Unique New York. Unique New York. (laughs) What's up, everyone? You're listening to the McCarter Gets High podcast, your one-stop shop for all things plant-based medicine. I'm your host, McCarter. So I've been pretty depressed today. Not gonna lie. It has not been a great day. Just things haven't been going, you know, my way, as sometimes that happens. And things have been going really well for the last couple months. But honestly, I, it's, I haven't cried in a while. I've been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. So, you know, it's a constant struggle. But we're medicated. We're properly medicated. So normally I'm feeling great. I feel, you know, 10 out of 10, maybe 12 out of 10 most days for uh, maybe a month, two months, three months. But then I'll just have a really, really bad day out of nowhere And it's just like, everything's going wrong. I'm crying most of the day. It's bad. I don't know what to do. We'll need to call my therapist, call my family, sisters, parents, friends, phone all my support system. And it'll take me a few days to get out of that slump. But then usually I can go back into having a great time with life. Unfortunately, today was one of my bad days. (laughs) But we're getting through it, fam. We are getting the fuck through it. I am jazzed for everyone to listen to my conversation with Natasha Lannard. She is the director of corporate development for the cannabis brand 1906. And she is most interested in how plant medicine can help mental health and the overall human condition. In this episode, we talk about reducing the carbon footprint of the cannabis industry and our most profound experiences with plant-based medicines. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and please remember to support the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Now stay high. Hi, everyone. I'm Natasha Lannard. First and foremost, I'm a human. (laughs) I work and have been working with 1906 for the last three and a half years with Peter Barsoom, the CEO and co-founder, and our awesome team. My title is I'm the Director of Corporate Development, and my primary roles are investor relations, business development, and as of recently, uh, recruiting, because the company is growing rapidly. So I spend a lot of time finding people. I've interviewed over 150 people this year. Crazy. Um, uh, Prior to working with 1906, I helped launch and define the dispensary channel for Pax Vaporizers uh, and launched that in Colorado and California. I worked with brands like Vangst, uh, Lord Jones, Bebo. And prior to getting to the cannabis industry, I worked in the natural food space um, with a lot of different startup natural foods, CPG brands, uh, Udi's Gluten-Free Foods, Simple Mills, Titulia, yeah, it's been a marriage of all of these different things over the years. And then I would say in general, my interests are deeply in plant medicine and the application that that has for improving mental health and just general life stuff. (laughs) Everyone I show your products to is immediately obsessed. (laughs) They are immediately not scared of edibles anymore because of the, the low, the attention to low dosing and the attention to detail of how this is going to affect you, how and when you should take one, and how and when you should consider taking a second. Yeah, just the literature and the education on your boxes is next level. 
Well, when the when Peter and Gita, his wife, started out, you know, to begin a cannabis company, they identified a few things that were really obviously missing from products on the market. First and foremost, flavor. Um, and obviously, I feel like a lot of flavor. edibles companies have done a good job improving that, especially with the greater sophistication in extracts. Distillate being one of those things that's doesn't have a flavor or a taste, and it's cheap, so yes. people use it, and it, it has improved the quality of the products in some degree. But the other part of that is that edibles, and I'm sure many people have had this experience, I'm curious if you have, where you made edibles at your house, you ate some, it didn't do anything, you're like, oh, stuff doesn't work. I'm eating three more. Mm-hmm. And then you do, and then you're on a blind date with an edible that just simply will not end. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Every, a lot of people have that story, and... Uh, you know, Peter and Gita identified, you know, pretty quickly out of the gate that they were not about to start a company that was going to send people on on that date from hell. So one of the biggest things that makes 1906 unique and from the day that the company launched the product is that it's fast acting. So we license a technology from a Canadian bioscience company called Lixaria, and that allows the product to take effect within 15 to 20 minutes. Whoa. And so that immediately changes the game Especially, and for us, when you when you commented on the marketing, just to kind of bring it in there, is that this product is designed for high-functioning adults. Yes. This is not a cartoon candy to get you stoned on your couch. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, you can take a chill and relax on the couch for sure, but yeah. it's not. that's not really not the audience that we're speaking to. Um, so the it's mission critical for the product to be able to work quickly um, because, again, when you think about it, when people use different substances in their life, they expect to feel a certain way. And they expect to know what type of time frame that they're going to feel that way, right? There's very few substances that we take that we would re- literally wait 45 minutes to two hours uh, <laughs> to feel the effect of what we're doing. Like, who is sitting there for that long of time for that mm-hmm. to even be relevant? Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I like, just, like, I'm going to do this now and then go run some errands, maybe do some groceries, and by the time I come back, it'll... It'll, maybe it'll be ready. Yeah. It'll, or it'll set in. Imagine getting up in the morning, drinking your cup of coffee, and planning your whole day around it working two hours after you drank it. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> Seriously. That would not work. Seriously. Um, so it was really quickly, you know, that that was something that was a big tenet of the brand. And then I think the the thing that really I connect with the most and that I think is really at the end of the day what makes the brand the most salient above everything else is that there is an inclusion of other plant medicines and nutraceuticals. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the reason for that is that plants are medicine. And the second part of that is people want to feel a certain way, right? Yeah, We can sit there, we can get high together and high is a state of mind. It's not really a functional outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are super productive when they're high. Some people lay on the couch and eat a bag of Doritos when they're high, right? Yep. Like high is a state of mind. So the products were designed by including these different plants, uh, plant medicines to to create a certain functional outcome, right? You want to feel a certain way. And so, you know, our best-selling product is a product called Midnight, which yes. is designed for sleep. And what makes that interesting is that clearly people want to sleep better. They're not looking to get high or else our best-selling product wouldn't be something that helped you sleep. Yeah. Most people don't eat a full candy bar and they're like, mm-hmm. now I'm going to go to bed. That was a great use of $20. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I feel like for most people I talk to, they want to treat certain conditions. And I mean, that's how it is for us when when we do get high. We are we want to to come into a different state of mind. We want a new perspective. 
And that's another reason why I started this podcast of like, I want to know individually why people get high. Like, why do you get high? Mm. And I ask, I ask people that all the time. I want to know because people do want to get high, whether it's off cannabis or not. Absolutely. Yes. Um, everyone, you know, everyone has their own, their own vices, um, to achieve that altered state of mind. And I just want to show people that plant medicine is the better option and the better answer. Well, you bring up an interesting point, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about including plant medicines and nutraceuticals. When we think about where our product belongs on the shelf, it's really with, you know, people that are looking for an alternative to the pharmaceuticals that they're taking that maybe have adverse side effects. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you come home at the end of a long day and you turn to alcohol because you just need to take a break. Perfectly valid, mm-hmm. perfectly valid. Or, you know, you take an Adderall because you need some support focusing. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, perfectly valid. But what we're bringing to the market um, is an alternative to that that incorporates cannabis in its best state. And frankly, you know, there's a lot of synergy there between the THC and the plant medicine. And there's so much um, history. There's significant interest in history with the plants to show that they are efficacious in the uses that we're putting them in. And I mean, also too, I mean, I take supplements every day. Do you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I take hemp supplements, C- hemp, CBD, other full spectrum cannabinoids every day. And then it just depends. Do you take a multivitamin? No, I oh. don't. Do you take vitamin D? No. Ramp it up. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> My gosh, I need to. To your listeners, you should be taking vitamin D. It's helpful in a pandemic. Oh, a lot okay. of research on it. Google it. <laughs> okay, wait, but don't you get 100%. vitamin D from the sun? Uh, not necessarily in the amount that you're going to need. Oh, okay. Wow. What do you know about vitamin D? So, uh, big shout out to Eric Dorninger and just in general in my life, he's a Boulder naturopath. Um, hell yeah. Yeah. He's a badass. Um, but I've spent a significant amount of my life. I would say one of my greatest interests in general is on nutrition. I have multiple autoimmune diseases and I have found that the only way to really treat and manage that is through diet. And lifestyle. I mean, there's no pill. I've celiac is one of my um, okay. circumstances, and I take a pill for my we thyroid, were, and that's helpful. But not we for were that. just talking about celiacs right before the yeah. right before you arrived. Bing bong. <laughs> yes, and both of my sisters have uh, thyroid issues and take. Yeah, it's hypo or hyper. I'm not sure which one. I've got the hypo. Okay, but yeah, they teams have to take both, it. Great, both teams are great. <laughs> both great camps. If you're in either one, they're great. Probably great um, not to be in either camp, but whatever. Not great either way. <laughs> it is what it is. But no, they have to take a pill like 30 minutes before eating or something. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a good launch into what you had asked me before is why do you get high? There it is. Why do you consume cannabis? Why do you get high, Natasha? Yeah. Well, why don't I? But. Right? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Fucking thank you. This is what I say. When everyone asks me why do you this, I'm like, why the fuck not? Have you watched the news? <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you seen the state we're in? Yeah, <laughs> shit is cray. If you have been gone, we're t- I'm camping. trying to leave. yes, <laughs> I'm trying to leave this planet. Get me the fuck off. Seriously, for all you people living in vans, shit is crunk. Okay, <laughs> but no, I I so let's be clear. I discovered cannabis at an early age in life, and it altered my state. Yes, and for the better. Yes, and it really pulled me out. Just that side stuff to be able to just kind of be more observant in my own life. Mm-hmm. And sure, there were a lot of things going on in my life at that time, but still it offered just kind of an opportunity to be a little bit more reflective in a way that I don't think I had access to before. 
Yes. And I, you know, as my conditions or whatever developed and I feel sick or like I get gluten bombed in a restaurant, the only thing, <laughs> the only thing that is available to me Ugh. is, I mean, I would take just about anything at that moment, but <laughs> I'm sure some for a form of cannabis. Yeah. hundred percent. There's no medicine for getting exposed to gluten when you have celiac. So yeah. it wrecks you. Got to do something. I'm so sorry. One of my good friends who just lives right up the street from me has celiacs as well. Does she get high as fuck when she gets good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's a big cannabis Atta fan girl. as well. Yeah. And yeah, she says the same thing. I mean, and that's why she just says it's awful when you, you don't want to put your body through. Why would you want, if you know what's making you sick and what's making you hurt for, and, you know, be on the toilet for hours. Days. Yeah, (laughs) days. Like, why would you do that to yourself? But, yeah, I do know that she uses cannabis medicinally. If she does choose to maybe have a guilty pleasure of, you know, one of her favorite, I don't know, like a pizza or something. That's brave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but then let's also be very clear. I like to get high. Yes. Right? And she does too. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that's kind of the flip side of it. I don't know. So when do you, you, when do you decide if it, is it always for both? Is it, is it just for one or like, is it, is it just depend? Set and setting. Yep. I mean, what kind of mood's going on? Are candles lit? You know, I mean, what's going on? No, I, (laughs) usually I feel pretty good because I do the, you know, I'm really hardcore into the diet and the nutrition stuff. Yeah. Um, So you're good to your body to begin with. Yeah. And then I like to get high to relax my mind. <laughs> yes. And honestly, the other part about uh, cannabis, which I think is really interesting for me, is I do believe it's performance enhancing drug. Yeah. Have you ever gotten high and gone running? All the time. Yeah. Crushing. Yes. So hard. So hard. And it's just like, the music sounds better. You're running better. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. The air feels better. Yep. Nature is more amazing and incredible. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So, I mean, get ripped, get high, and go running. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> or even just for a hike or a walk. Absolutely. You know, we don't want to say you have to run if, you know, you got some bad knees or... <laughs> walk quickly with good shoes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get your insoles, people. <laughs> and some ankle support, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, for sure. Don't roll an ankle out there. That's the worst. Oh, yeah. That's gnarly. <laughs> Wait, so when, what age, if you don't mind me asking? That I first got high? Yeah. Oh, I was definitely 15. Same. Yeah. 15 is the <laughs> age. It For is. For sure. And the other part of that, too, is really funny. And I don't know what your experience was like, but I, the friends that I met, the girlfriends that I made in high school are still some of my best friends today. And like, yes. there's photos of that in high school. We all had our own bong. That we would all hang out on the patio and just like session our own bongs. And I love those girls. Yes. There. The best. It's true bonding. And that's why I love cannabis. I think it has the ability to bring people together Mm. more than any other, I don't know, any other substance, I feel like. The mycelium would probably also be another. But yes, I do want to talk about psilocybin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I just feel like that just makes me think of it because, you know, mycelium, all of it's growing underground. It's all connected, kind of like, you know, aspen groves, how they're connected. Yes. The plants are just bringing people together. And frankly, let's talk about this. Who won big on election day? Plant medicine. Yes. Who won the drug war? Drugs. Seriously. (laughs) 
When Mississippi yes. is uh, ringing in, you know, the year with a medical program, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that's a big deal, people. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's the most conservative state in the country. Oh, my, it really is? Yeah. Oh, I thought like West Virginia or something, what, or I don't even know. Well, I don't know. Mississippi is certainly up there. We'll yeah. say that. But oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they're bringing cannabis to oh Mississippi. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Well, it's just, I mean, you can't deny how it can help the economy. You can't, you can't deny how many people are using it and trying to get it, whether, I mean, it's like prohibition. You can't stop the people from what they want. Well, you bring up a very interesting point. And growing up, I'm, I'm curious about your experience, but the only brand I knew was Ziploc. Yep. Right? Same. Like, seriously, the only cannabis brand that we Dime knew- Dime bags. Was that. Was maybe Ziploc. If not, it was in an unmarked bag, okay? Off-brand. <laughs> those off-brand ones. Sometimes that they didn't even have the Ziploc top. It just oh. had the fold-over top. Oh, but let's get even more clever. The lighter burns on the side that keeps it in its little pouch. Yes. So you could have your little- <laughs> Yes. Because God forbid any l- leaks its way out. Yeah, No. We and oh my god, it was crazy. I would buy a dime bag for well, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, so Midwest, the arch, the land of the arch. Yep, it's thing is dope. The gateway (laughs) to the west is actually Mm, well, what it's known for. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they're they're getting access to cannabis. People can drive over to Illinois and get access to adult use cannabis. Exactly, that's what everyone's doing. Yeah, but I had just talked to a friend who went over to the Illinois dispensary and they said all they have is flour. Yeah. There's no cartridges, no oil, no edibles, no tinctures. Supply constraints, my friend. (sighs) Supply constraints. It's the market is incredibly constrained and people are growing and selling immediately what they are cutting down. It's so There's a limited number of licensed um, operators there. So insane. 1906 is launching there. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Giggity, giggity, That's right, people. (laughs) You heard it here first. That's right. Probably not, but maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's a handful of people talking about it at our company. I don't know who else they're talking to about it. 1906. Our crew's there now. (sighs) Pressing drops. They're dropping drops. I love that. Yeah. All over this great land. (laughs) Into Massachusetts. Just yes. dropping them like Johnny Appleseed. Pretty much. <laughs> have you read The Botany of Desire by Michael Pollan? I highly have, recommend. I have it on my bookshelf. And of course, I get like two chapters in and then I get a new book in the mm, mail. And oh, then, I, then I switch to that book and I forget about the other one. So, yes, it's on my list and I've peeked at it, but I have not divulged. There I, is a chapter about cannabis. Yes. So it's broken up into the different uh, plants. But the entire thesis of the book, and this is honestly Michael, I think Michael Pollan's most interesting book, mm-hmm. is that plants are actually in control of us and we are not of them. <gasps> and their sentient energy is why we water them, why we bring them into our house, why we propagate them. And not only that, we ensure that that plant makes it into homes all over the place. Yes. It is a business and the plant is surviving and basically spreading its seed. Yeah, that book is nuts. I got it. When he talks about Johnny Appleseed, just blah, plopping, putting the seeds. Bloop. Yep. <laughs> Applying the seeds to the ground. <laughs> okay, I got to dive into that. Yes. You're really convincing it's weird me. As, it's next level. Yeah. Okay, but plants then, have feelings, so be nice to that. Plant oh, I knew there. that. Oh, I knew that. Yes, and I have a bunch of house plants in the other. Yeah, room. what's up with this cannabis too. that we're smoking? Your house plants here? Yes. So <laughs> these are all these were all grown outside. 
Um, I Where ha- they belong to be grown. I mean, it's better for the environment. Yes, that's what I think yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I just, I love them. I'm, this is my third year harvesting. Nice. And then first year I used, um, nutrients as well. So I definitely think it ups my game. Um, shout out to Nectar for the Gods from (laughs) Oregon. Those are the nutrients? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, holler. All organic. Great stuff. You know, my, one of my best friends who grows cannabis, she is a has a deep connection with the plant and she learned a lot of her stuff her mentors were in Oregon wow and she just catches her plants with 10 feet tall oh my god! in a greenhouse wow the colas are literally this big I'm so jealous but see that's what indoor can do if you're not in a place like California yeah or I mean up in like you know gypsum where there's like you know a pocket of amazing land but yeah, you really have to have the right climate too. Yeah, I actually helped for a bit of time a startup grow that has a super high, like amazing warehouse or greenhouse that's designed for tomatoes. Is traditionally the system that they used, and they um, are growing cannabis there now. Uh, they have solar panels on the roof. It's lower energy, dramatically lower energy. They've been recognized by the city of Aurora for the work that they're doing. Wow, um, Bud Fox, yeah, growing good herb. That's amazing. Yeah. I have got to check them out. Yeah. That is the only thing about indoor grows, especially at commercial scales, that the energy cost it's of that is very high. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm very into also, you know, clean energy, solar panels, all that, investing in clean energy rather than, you know, burning fossil fuels. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting that I've thought about is cannabis expands and grows, and it's available more in all of these different states. And finally, I feel like, Today could be a big day towards advancement yes. of cannabis being recognized in the government as a, you know, as a business, as Wait, a viable yeah. plant. So, Biden. Yeah, 2020. We just, <laughs> Here we go. For the record, we just found out a couple hours ago that Biden will be our next president, 46th president of the United States. We are Very literally exciting. hashtag winning right now. <laughs> this is a win. And oh yeah, do you think they're going to um legalize? This is a big deal. I don't think that legalization is necessarily what's going to happen. The biggest thing that needs to happen is declassification. Yes. Let's yes. yeah, I mean that Can you talk a little bit about that? I'm sure yeah. you know more than I do. I know the, you know, bare minimum. <laughs> so, well, I mean it's very simple. A class 1 um drug is classified as something that has no medical value. That's, That's what makes it a class 1 substance. That is the definition. And it is, not only is it unbelievable, it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. Epidiolex is a drug that was just, you know, launched into the market. And approved, approved. by the FDA. Yep. Exactly, as medicine. That is derived from cannabinoids. Yep. It is simply an oversight, and it has political connotations, frankly, that are falling by the day. Mm-hmm. Nothing is advancing more than the access to cannabis around this country. It's not a red issue. It's yes. not a blue issue. It is a simply no longer an issue. It is a paradigm shift, frankly. Yes. Let's can we dive more into that? Yeah, it's crazy. In high school, I remember being in debates Ugh. about cannabis being legal in my life. And yes. I remember being in like, yeah, like sociology class or something like that. And the, even kids that got high too, I'm like, they're like, no, it's never. And, and the teachers, I mean, I, I just knew it. I'm like, here, if I can get this plant. With the greatest of ease mm-hmm. and have the best time and frankly feel better as a person, mm-hmm. then the bag of Ziploc will remain supreme. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like. Yes. 
And I mean, just on a personal note, everywhere I've made it a personal mission to wherever I travel to find cannabis from locals. Mm. And it's always, I just have to ask probably one or two people. Mm -hmm. And of course I do have a privilege of being a good looking white woman. (laughs) (laughs) This pussy bites back. Yeah. But, um, sure does. (laughs) (laughs) But I can definitely get away with, um, a lot. I can get away with a lot, but I just still think that no matter who you are, if you if you ask around, and obviously you have some discretion of who you're asking. <laughs> yeah. The plant finds you. It's, you know. Yes, but that's what I think. The plant, the plant finds, you. finds you. And it's such a. 100%. Com- it's such a democratic drug. Yeah. If I have you smoked will. cannabis people from around this world. Yes. It is amazing to connect uh, with people in that mm-hmm. way. And, to, and also too, like when I was in Europe. In consuming cannabis, the different ways, the hash is much bigger in France than flour is, for example. Yes. And then, you know, when mm-hmm. I, I went to Amsterdam. That was actually one of my, when I turned 18, I went for a little trip around Europe and I went to Amsterdam and I just remember being like, holy yes. hell. <laughs> yes. But I always thought I got good cannabis in Colorado. So I didn't really think that there was much to really blow my mind from that perspective. Okay. I've Wait, been blessed my life. Are you are you from here? Oh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> born and raised in the Denver area? Yeah. I grew up by Red Rocks. Oh, my gosh. Beautiful. You're so blessed. Congra- we smoked weed there after school every day. Oh, my gosh. Green Mountain High School. Shut <laughs> maybe up. I shouldn't say that. that is, no, no. You should. You should. <laughs> Represent. Yeah. yeah maybe that, kids still are. Write in if you're uh, listening. You know, we got, well, and I think the biggest thing, that's what got me into music. Yeah, We used to hang out there every day after school. And then I started going to shows. I, I did the whole tour thing. And like hanging out there after school is when I realized I'm like, oh, there's a show here. And people are hanging out in the parking lot, i.e. the Shakedown Street. Then I found yes. out the Grateful Dead had a whole damn song about it. I'm like, this shit is real. Yes. <laughs> and that's legendary. And that's, Absolutely. And that goes into pop culture, which I would love to kind of talk about. And how do you think cannabis, I mean, obviously drugs have always impacted pop culture and always impacted music and rock and roll and rap and before that jazz, blues, whatever. But how do you think, especially lately in this day and age and you growing up and into the red rock scene, like you were just talking about, how do you think really cannabis impacted that scene? Oh, in the community everywhere. It was a common unifying thing. When I think about obviously Pre uh, this thing called Corona. I don't know if you've heard of it. The coronavirus. Yep, I've yeah, heard of this, it. It's this new, new recently. Thing. I just <laughs> I just saw it on the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's a problem. Uh, yeah. Pre that, I mean, think about it at a show. Like you're at a music event and people are passing a joint. It's everywhere, and everyone's smoking the joint. Just pass it. Just yeah. pass it. Keep passing it. Enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enjoy this beautiful plant. Yeah, you know, and everyone's hanging out. So I think yeah, from the beginning, and. Frankly, it was growing on every continent to think that people aren't going to have this thing. Like you can. It's a literal weed just growing naturally. Well, a flower. And if you look at Michael Pollan's perspective, we're not even in control. Yeah. The plant is making us do it. We're pleading insanity. You can't take us to jail. It's a simulation. I'm going to smoke my weed in my version of the Matrix. Honk if you don't exist. (laughs) Oh, is that your sticker? My car, my sticker. Where do I get that sticker? Because I've been thinking about selling them, (laughs) like on my website or or just. How are you not? Yeah. So I saw it. (laughs) I saw the sticker at a Goodwill. At this Boulder Goodwill. Oh, I've had some days there. Yes. Great place. Great place. And I was obviously high as hell. And 
I'm going to tell you a story about that. Goodwill. Keep going. <laughs> and I was just walking around looking for, you know, furniture. I don't know. Some candy. <laughs> and I, oh no, I was looking for a bike actually. Scratch that. I was looking for a bike. I remember now. And I saw this filing cabinet that had about maybe a thousand stickers on mm. it. Just filled with bumper stickers. My first car looked like that. Yes. It was dope. <laughs> the nitrous is what it was named. The nitrous. Hell yeah, right? Oh my it was a 1992 Nissan Sentra. Nitrous is still very popular. Oh, especially in a two-door 1991 <laughs> Nissan Sentra. And it had a magic button that we never knew what it did. One of my um, best a friends, childhood best button. friends, sold it to me for $350. What a steal. After he had it. We Velcroed an incense burner on the dash. Oh, my God. Holler. Velcroed? <laughs> wow. The technology. Why, it worked. Why not just tape, though? Why Velcro? Because if you have live incense going while you're driving your car, uh, you should probably <laughs> it shouldn't be taped. Velcro to the I don't know why it Velcro. It makes no sense no matter how you slice it. Right, right. Reality is. Right. <laughs> but it does. And now for a quick commercial break. Y'all, are you sick of heating up that same banger with your boring ass torch to take another dab out of your gross, disgusting rig? Now is the time to up your stoner game with G-Pen and Cookies collab of their Connect Vaporizer and their Roam. Head over to gpen.com and get yours now. Okay, wait, but back to the honk if you don't exist. I That was one of the most prominent stickers that was on that fully loaded filing cabinet. And I, at first, was like, oh, my God, I have to have that filing cabinet because of the sticker. And then I was like, wait, the internet. So then I just Googled honk if you don't exist bumper sticker and some random website. Have you bought that dot com yet? No, no, no. Oh. Should we? Yes. Zach, look into it. <laughs> Zach. Do it, yeah, do it right now. Honk if you don't exist, if dot com. We need to get, or. Dot edu. Dot, <laughs> dot net, <laughs> dot, dot net. org. I don't know. Dot co. Co is now a big one. Oh, really? They're just taking off the M. Fuck the M. Well, I mean, all of, I mean, <laughs> if you, if we, if this is possible, let's, let's predict into the future. You're going to get on GoDaddy and you're going to buy this thing. Yep. And you're going to launch a billion-dollar empire of honkifyoudontexist.com. Yes! <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. You're amazing. It's going to spread like a non-destructive wildfire. Yes. <laughs> I know. I, I, I thought you were going to say, I was like, oh, wildfire joke? <laughs> well, maybe you could take some callers that just honk in. Yes. They don't even call in. <laughs> I love this. Oh this my is gosh. it. This is it. Oh, so check Honk this out. In. I'm not on social media. And one time I tried to leave a Yelp review because this restaurant gluten bombed me. No! And they said, you don't know what they said back to me? What? We can't verify your existence. <gasps> I was like, because I'm not on social media. I'm typing an email to you. They're like, sorry. No. Yeah. So I'd be honking because I don't exist. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a really good story. Yeah, newsflash. Newsflash, if you don't have a social media, you don't exist. No. Yelp certainly doesn't think so. <laughs> Is Yelp starting a new theology? Um, you know, clearly they have their own values over there at Yelp. <laughs> I don't have citizenship with Yelp. You mean nothing to us unless you are on the inter-social media web. Yeah, yeah, that I'm a bot. <laughs> oh, a bot named Natasha. Okay, we all know the Russians did that. A bot so. named Natasha. <laughs> I'm going to start a new account for you, the bot named Natasha. Oh, that's cool. Will you manage it for me? Yeah. You'll do all of it? Yeah. Great. Yep. That's great. That's what people pay me for that. 
Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I do that on the side. That's a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk about psilocybin. Let's. <laughs> Love the mushrooms. When were you first introduced, experienced? Tell us everything. Um, My first experience was actually pretty big and changed my life. Wow. I... Uh, I was probably 18. I had tried mushrooms when I was younger. Sure. Just like a little bit. A wee bit. Yeah, a wee bit. Friends had them. But I had my first real cathartic experiences when I was 18, and it changed my life. Um, I was in a safe place with a family member. And yes. I had a really—my mom died when I was a child of a brain tumor when I was six oh, years old. And there was just gosh. a lot of other stuff that happened. That's horrible. Yeah, in my life. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was unfortunate. And a lot of other stuff happened in my life. And when I was 18, I had a really big experience. And I never really cried from the time I like realized after the fact I had a huge cathartic moment. Mm-hmm. And I realized I hadn't really cried for the majority of my life from the time I was six years old until I was 18. Wow. And then I really realized in that experience that, <laughs> that the psilocybin and the mushrooms were an ally in accessing trauma that I think that— Pretty much everyone has something, yes. right? And to get at that Absolutely. in a way and to move that mm-hmm. more than even getting at it, right? It's not good enough to get at it. You have to move it. Yes. And I had that experience in spades. And I honestly have been a a benefactor of plant medicine since then. And I'm an wow. active participant in that community. Amazing. Yeah. And I'm also big into breathwork. Have you ever done that? A few times. I have a good friend who does her own breathwork therapy actually here mm. in Boulder. So I've done a, um, a session with her. Cool. Yeah. What type of breathing did you do? I don't know. <laughs> I was laying down and I was, it was in between, I feel like chest and stomach breathing maybe. Were you breathing in through your mouth or your nose? Nose. Mm, okay. Nice. So really in your body. Yes. Yeah. Good. I've been in a facilitator training for like going on two years to do something more in like kind of a blend between holotropic breath work and like kind of like shamanistic soul retrieval type of experience. Um, And it is life-changing. Changed my life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know it could be so transformative. Oh, yeah. There's a new book that just came out, actually. You have to read it. It's You know how, like, Michael Pollan, people were all about mushrooms after Mm -hmm. How to Change Your Mind? Of course, yeah. Yeah, this is like that, but for breathing. Whoa. Yeah. Did Uh, you know about this? Yeah, it's called, I think it is just called Breathe. Uh, Yeah, it just came out. It's a cult, you said, of breathwork people? Oh, no, it's not a cult. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I thought you just said it's a cult. (laughs) Is it um, cult like? It's called. Oh, there yeah, we go. Sorry, I'm high. <laughs> Shocking. Same. Same. I don't know what I'm hearing anymore. I'm just making shit up. Uh, yeah, no, but it's it's yeah, it's called. I think it's just called breathe. It's a yellow cover with cool lungs on it. And you know what I love the most about it? But yeah, you should look this one Wait, up. Breathe or brave? Uh, it's either breath or breathe. I think it's breathe. Oh, okay. Is one with or without an e at the end? Uh, I got it on Audible. See, this is part of the problem. It's oh, like. Mm-hmm. That is the thing with audiobooks. I get a lot more content in, but these smaller details that you don't get from just the recognition of yes. picking up the book multiple times. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's Amazing. that's where we lose on Audible. Win uh, on content, lose on detail. <laughs> <laughs> Win on bigger knowledge, lose on small details. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Access to info. What is it? The new science. The new science of a lost art. Yes. By who? By James Nestor. 
So good. Good Highly old recommend. Mr. Nestor. Mr. Nestor crushes this. It, 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 again, is like the change your mind for breathing. It goes into the medical. I'm walking away with so many book recommendations now. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, this is this is a good one. I just finished this one actually like a couple weeks ago. Um, all the way through to what I, re- I absolutely love and now affectionately refer to myself and the people that are in my cohort as pulmonauts, as like a takeoff psychonaut. Whoa. But since you breathe and have a psychedelic experience. Because that's what's interesting about the method. It is the most intense psychedelic experience that I've ever had. And I've done a lot of plant medicine, but. Whoa, just with breath. Yeah, the modality of, uh, yeah. Are you familiar with Stan Groff? Um, No. Are you familiar with, is it Wim Hof? Yeah. That's, I think that's referred to in general, the practice that he does is tome. They go into that in the book. Okay. I've seen Wim Hof at Summit. What? Yeah. Have you ever done that method? No, I just saw the goop episode about it. Oh, do it. It's great. Really? Yeah. It's also good for people with autoimmune diseases. What is the method? So it basically is a method. Jump into a cold body of water. (laughs) Well, but yeah, that's the end of it. But when I saw him, he had a gang. We'll say of street performers, but they were more like tub performers. a posse? Yes. That sat in a pool of ice. I feel like just like his backup dancers, but they were just no. sitting in a pool of ice basically being like, yeah, this guy is legit as he's like talking to you because obviously they're demonstrating what he's telling you oh works. Oh my god, It's actually quite impressive. He's wild. Dude, does he have a cult? I'm really into cults. Uh, did you watch The Vow? No. What? About the Nexium cult? Oh wait, I was just listening Holy to- Holy shit. Wait, no, no, I did watch it. I did. Wait, is this on Amazon? It's on HBO. I'll give you my HBO login so you can oh watch this. Gosh. If you don't have it, I'm giving it to you. I, I use my mom's luckily. Thank you. Keith though. Raniere. He just got sentenced yes. to life in prison. I was just listening to a Joe yes. Rogan podcast or something. I about love Joe Rogan. Same. I want to be low-key the female <laughs> Joe Rogan. I would support you in doing that. Thank you. He's great. <laughs> but yeah, he could have a female counterpart for sure. That's the goal. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do know about the Nexium cult. I well, isn't that what um, a night in Hollywood is? Um, is that what's semi- on Showtime? Yeah, based off with of what's two. her name. India is one of the people who's in when, in the vow. It's all about getting her out. Like that is a big feature of oh, the footage. Okay, um, I'm gonna binge this tonight. Oh, Zach, we're in. Okay, so then how would you compare different? plant medicines and how you use them and how your experiences with them have changed your life? Sorry, Um, that's a big question. (laughs) No, that's, that's a solid question. I would say this, my, if I were to summarize all of the experience that I've had with plant medicine and, you know, more intentional breathing, I would say that I'm a more whole version of myself. I feel that and what I'm so drawn to is the ability to look at the parts of ourselves that maybe we're not as attracted to and the things that I feel like, you know, there's this idea that, oh, like I'm I'm gonna be a different person. I'm gonna get rid of this piece of myself, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is that you don't like about yourself. And really it's about being more whole as a human and not excluding those pieces. And through the use of plant medicine, I feel like I've been able to access those things that are harder to get to. Wow. And it's made me a better person. I'm more present in my life. I'm more present with the people in my life and I feel better in my own skin. And I think frankly, when you look at what's going on in the world, we, and it's cheesy to say, but if you're not good within your own skin, you're not going to be good in the world. And fuck man, that is what has been going on. And even going to the election, you know, there's a lot of people that clearly 
are feeling disenfranchised in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of people that voted for Trump is staggering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that we as a society, it's like to really get back to where we need to be, which is way more cooperative. Mm-hmm. We got to get more cooperative with ourselves. Yeah. And clearly there are a lot of people that are afraid of a lot of stuff. And I think that after this, what we all need to do is get, you know, a little more clear on what we can agree on. And when you think about it, and this goes back to psychedelics, and one of the bigger experiences I've had is that when you look at life in a dualistic fate, like way of yes, no, right, wrong, black, white, good, bad, that's the way a child actually thinks. Mm-hmm. The ability to step outside of that and have empathy and connection and understanding is a reflection of maturity. Mm-hmm. And everything's a spectrum. It is. And people really are doing the best they can do with what they have. And frankly, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, I mean, I have an uncle who, shocking, the person who I had my first psilocybin experience with, who opened my door to that, is now a diehard Trump supporter. Oh. And it's, uh, that's really interesting, yeah. you know, but it it happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. He's still, I, I would say say this though, he, he might be pro-Trump, but he's also pro-psilocybin. All right. <laughs> so that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what, how, what Trump thinks of psilocybin. He's not into drugs at all. He doesn't drink alcohol. His brother died of like alcohol-related issues or really? drug-related issues. But there's also speculation on that too. That book really goes into it. Wow. I didn't know that he didn't, doesn't drink or doesn't whatever. Wow. So interesting. Yeah, so he's probably not dropping LSD. Do you like LSD? I've done it a few times. I've never really like... Actually, if anyone's listening to this and they like this idea, you should go with it. Uh, (laughs) I want to get like monogram towels, like the fancy ones, Mm -hmm. with the monogram LSD. Like in my house, like as little hand towels in the bathroom. Well, what about... Those are my initials. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Wait, but what about um, DMT? I love DMT. Have you ever done it? I just did DMT. Two days ago, and mm. I'm in love with it. Yeah. I have it in a vape pen with cannabis terps. Oh, wow. Yes. The plant getting out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm Tell new. me about your experience. I'm new to that. So what happened was my friend and I, my friend Annabelle, she is, she's, was on the podcast. Um, we were just drinking, having a good time um, on Thursday night, this was. And she lives right off Pearl Street. Her community's like really fun, but we were just drinking and we had been eating some mushrooms as well. And Mm. obviously always smoking weed. I've (laughs) been high for about, I don't know, eight, nine years now. (laughs) And, um, but my friend gave me this DMT cartridge with the cannabis terps, but it tastes like mothballs. Yeah. It tastes terrible. It has a unique flavor. Yeah. So, but then other people, I had a few friends try it. Um, and they thought it tasted like roses. And I was like, oh, no. I had to. So then we were just sipping it at first. And I didn't really understand how to do it. You got to blast off. Yeah. So yeah. we really, then it was just she and I. And we were like, okay, let's actually take a few really deep hits of this. And basically, I oh, my gosh. I just, your whole body gets warm. And you're just in this, like, feeling. So for me, I was kind of like stuck. Well, we also realized you had to close your eyes for- Oh, you didn't have visuals. No, we did. Well, we closed our, we had visuals when we closed our eyes. Oh, interesting. 
But then Annabelle I, said- I, I, I've seen that too, but I'm, it's just interesting. You only had it internally. That's cool. Yeah. But then Annabelle said that when she opened her eyes and closed them, she couldn't tell which one was which. <laughs> but I could tell. For me, it was much- it hit harder when my eyes were closed. So basically, I don't know. I just had this warm feeling all in my back. And the visuals, I f- could just see all of these like color spectrums. And the we the only way I, I could keep track of time was by the music playing. Yeah. Um, and it just it I feel like it's what you feel like when you like when you're on like fentanyl or like morphine or something like. I don't know. I've never done those things. Me neither. But I just, (laughs) I'm going to guess and say that I feel like that's what it was. But um, I don't know. I feel like I could come just like in and out of this like really amazing euphoric feeling. Oh, interesting. Um, But I didn't, like I didn't really like take a huge, huge hit. Like, Would you say you had a multidimensional experience? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. That's DMT is a multi-dimensional experience. Yes. It felt like I was in and out of kind of like parallel universes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I recently had a wild DMT experience, but let's hear about it. Well, I I did some ayahuasca. Actually, my first time doing ayahuasca. I haven't done ayahuasca yet. I just tried it for my first time recently. I just had not I had like a lot of people had invited me to do it, but I really wanted to make sure I was in the right space. Totally. You know, really go there in comfort and I did, and it was funny. I drank four cups of ayahuasca, and I didn't really feel, which I feel like everyone, like, when I had heard about it, obviously I've done every other plant but that, and I had heard so many different experiences of, you know, the experience and how intense it was, and I had the most beautiful, sweet, loving experience. I was in the desert, and I was sitting in a beautiful recliner covered in blankets in the desert, just looking out into the stars, the friend I was with was definitely wow. having a more, I would say, like centralized experience on her mat um, and had a deep experience. But yeah, mine was really beautiful. And it was funny because finally I was like, all right, well, it was really a light high for me mm-hmm. compared to some of the other um, plant experiences that I've had, but beautiful and very wise. It was the wisest plant I've ever experienced. You can have like conversations with ayahuasca. It's weird. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to go get a snack now. Because it's snack time. You know, it's getting late. I didn't really eat anything. You're like, I think I'm hungry now. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm hungry now. So I go inside and I get an apple and I drink some like bison bone broth. Wow, so healthy of you. Well, yeah, you got to take care of yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to be like, got some chips. No. No, I didn't didn't eat any chips. I might have eaten some sweet potato chips. Maybe I like those. I love sweet potato chips. Yeah, me too. Um, And I'm sitting there and I started drinking the bone broth and all of a sudden the flowers started looking at me and I was like, oh man, because I'd done DMT before Mm -hmm. smoking it. And I was like, oh, whoa, because obviously that's one of the things about ayahuasca. It's a DMT containing plant, right? Mm -hmm. I've only smoked DMT, but apparently when you ingest a lot of it, it is very much likes bone broth to be a mix. I, these flowers started looking at me. I said to my friend who I was with, who was like sitting for me and I was like, I'm about to blast off. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, but I'm going back to the ceremony space because I was in this beautiful place in New Mexico with this little casitas. It was very nice. And wow. So I start, I, I get outside the door and I start walking <laughs> on the gravel and it looked like pop rocks. All as I was stepping on the gravel, it was like pew, pew, these little rainbows were oh like spraying out of the ground. I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh, make it to the ceremony space. I make it to my mat. And at this point, my friend had, um, had come back and we were laying in the mattress with our friends. Uh, it was all just really good friends who sat for us and we're all laying together, just like enjoying each other's company. 
And I was just, yeah, having the most amazing visual experience I've ever had in my life. Rainbows were literally icicling out of the ceiling and the lights. And we had this beautiful altar and it was active. Like it was, (laughs) it was wild. And then when I closed my eyes, it was into the kaleidoscope. Wow. It was awesome. Yes. That's what I felt like I saw kind of on DMT when I closed my eyes. It was Mm. like kaleidoscopey, like fractions of light Very fractal. in colors. Very fractal. And it was almost like I was on like the rainbow road and like <laughs> Mario Kart or something. But well, it, in a way you are. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love rainbow road. I was rainbow bright for Halloween twice. Oh, I have those rainbow moon boots. I wear them every time oh it snows. Oh my gosh. I'm on my second pair. <laughs> Do you have moon boots? No, I don't. I've okay. seen them everywhere though. Uh, they're gender neutral. <laughs> and you want to hear something ridiculous about them? Yes. They don't have a left and a right shoe. They're the same thing. Whichever one you pick it's up. It's like a Birkenstock. Bloop. Yes. And then you wear it in, but they literally are marshmallows for your feet. There's no wow. specific thing to them. Oh, I want to have them on right now. Oh, when it snows. Moon shoes sponsor oh, I go, us? I go moon booting for sure. <laughs> we could do a video of us moon booting in the snow. Oh, it's a thing. And like you kind of like on kick the plant snow. medicine. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> kick the snow, you know, and you're spraying it all over the place. Yes. It's moo exotico for sure. Oh, <laughs> I love this. It, I feel like I can feel it. It feels so nice. Yeah, highly recommend. Well, I have a dog that is gnarly, so I have to walk my GSP every day. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the weather's like. And he's 65 pounds. He's... He's a he's a beast. He, he needs, needs exercise. Yeah, consistently. Yeah, German short hairs are exactly what they uh, their reputation is is real. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. However, he's the best dog ever. Oh, sounds like a sweetie. He's a great guy. Great guy. <laughs> really is. Um, oh, I did want to talk about the industry industry differences and looking at these edibles that are. Um, I don't want to use the term black market. No, it's a illicit market. Illicit market. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I just want your kind of perspective and, and intake on, well, kind of how this is, I guess, moving, pushing the needle forward. And because these are from DC, yeah. where it's a, a gifting, it was a gifting market. Um, but these are from the illicit market. Yeah, definitely from the illicit market. I think one of the, so this is some of the things that people need to understand about why there's regulated cannabis and what you're getting when you're not going through a regulated cannabis channel, yes, right? Yes, Um, And a few of the biggest things are around testing of the nutrients, the chemicals, pesticides, uh, I mean, residual Fungus. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can be on there, right? Mm-hmm. Microbials, you know, that you don't get testing if you don't go through a legal channel. And so what you're ingesting, frankly, is nothing that has ever been verified. Um, so you really are eating something. And that's the thing is like, you know, everything that you eat, there's that's what the FDA is for, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right? To make sure that those, or GMP standards, or- It's you like, know, don't you want someone making sure this isn't going to, Kill you eventually. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, and that's that's just the thing, though. Is like or when hurt you, your liver, or well, that's that's step one. And at that point, you know, if you're eating an edible product, right? Like it's one thing if you're smoking it, right? You could be smoking, and there's a whole bunch of horrible chemicals that people can use to grow plants. Right. You do not want to smoke, you know, 
miracle Grow or, you know, I don't know, some type of Monsanto pesticide that kills bees. I mean, yes. who the hell knows what they're doing out there, right? You don't want to smoke that yes. shit. Yes. Yeah, and there's no testing for it. And frankly, if you're eating an edible thing, you don't know. And I saw some stuff in some time when that I worked in LA. You don't know where that food is coming from, and you certainly do not know if it's coming even from a food-safe, recognized commercial kitchen. Mm-hmm. Who the hell knows where it's coming from? Yeah. Um, and then I would say, you know, outside of the quality and the food safety aspect of it, you take it to also, I think the the end part is that you do not know the dosage right. that you're getting. So again, if you want to go on a blind day with an edible, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, but high most roulette. people don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I, not 1906 people. 1906 mm-hmm. people are not going out and uh, looking for the same experience. I should say not to say they're not, you know, dual users, but they're not looking <clears throat> for the same experience in a miscellaneous, you know, cartoon packaged product mm-hmm. that has 400 milligrams in four candies. I mean, wow. 400 milligrams is a lot. Yeah. And you know, I would say the other thing about it too um, is also too about the packaging, right? Like cannabis that's sold in legal channels is usually in child resistant packaging. Mm -hmm. And what makes, you know, adult use cannabis cool is that, you know, like, you know, you're an adult and you're using it. Kids Mm -hmm. shouldn't be using it and it shouldn't appeal to kids. Yeah. So there's, you're getting a, you know, when you are buying something that is from a regulated market, you're getting a product that you first and foremost has been verified to have the ingredients it says it has. Mm-hmm. It's at the dosage that you, you know, can easily track. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and like you said with celiacs, like what if there's something in there that you, your body is going to react to that's well, not listed and you're. Yeah. Well, and again, like, and who knows about the quality of the manufacturing facility that mm-hmm. it was made in? Right. Was it made in someone's kitchen at their dirty ass apartment? I don't know. Yes. They're like wiping the counter with their dirty ass socks. Like who the fuck knows? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want that. Do you? No. You don't want that. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't want the chance of mm-hmm. dirty sock edibles. Yes. Or dirty sock weed. Yeah. But I mean, that's, but that goes back into like, you know, if you grow your own, great. Mm-hmm. Right? Reduce your carbon footprint. You're not even out. It doesn't go in a package that ends up in a landfill. That's like a whole other yeah. topic of conversation. You know but. what you're growing it in, yeah. what you're using, what the soil is, what the water is. Yeah. You know, and pH. Beautiful, bright sun of ours. <laughs> yes. But yeah. But although, never mind, our air quality has been a little yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. The Which, whole burning of the forest. That <sighs> thing. If Gosh. our world wasn't on fire, <laughs> literally. <laughs> metaphorically (laughs) and physically (laughs) mentally emotionally in all ways but yeah I I will say I am feeling better today right thank goddess thank god thank thank you deity any deity all of the deities believe in all the gods (laughs) all of them each and every one of them yes yeah any spirit big ups to the big spirits out Mm -hmm. there (laughs) yeah Yep. Saved us from ourselves. Oh, man. I Yes, I just feel, I feel a little bit freer, a little bit better today about the world and the country I'm living in. I feel like in four years, we're going to see some stuff on plant medicine. I am very, very, very optimistic that the next four years is going to be next level. I mean, it, it's already happening. I mean, you see what happened in the 
in the recent election, Arizona, adult use, New Jersey, adult use, Montana, adult use, Oregon, Amazing. decriminalizing all drugs. Legalize Sending everything. People, sing, send people to treatment instead of to jail. How yes. about that? I mean, yes. I will say I go to Oregon frequently and there's definitely a drug problem on the streets and people need help. Yeah. So what they're doing isn't working. So good for them. Yeah. Using psilocybin for mental health um, types of contacts. Yes. DC decriminalizing psilocybin. Yes. Hell yeah. Mississippi. Big ups to Mississippi. That's un- unreal. Yeah, it's happening. And I mean, now all the next steps are, you know, getting people who are incarcerated out for those types of yeah, nonviolent expungement. Expungement yeah. is the the biggest thing that governments can do. Denver has a huge expungement program. Right. Yeah. Um, they personally helped one of my friends. And <laughs> to give you an idea of how these things haunt you, and I know that everyone has heard these stories, and frankly, they're just horrifying. Mm-hmm. My friend got caught for a very small amount of um, drugs. And frankly, like it was not even, it was an odd circumstance. And she was basically rallied in with a bunch of people they like captured at a concert. You know? totally. <laughs> it was like a weird situation. Oh my God, this happened to one of my friends as well. A mass kind of jail-in type of situation. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, but uh, horrifying. So, yeah, so she got this onto her record, um, and it was not even a drug charge when she got charged. But she wanted to volunteer in hospice to support people that were dying, and they wouldn't allow her to volunteer in hospice because oh, of this my God. thing on her record. And it's like, are you even fucking kidding me, people? Wow. Like seriously, th- these charges That's how messed up our system is. Yeah, this. You know, I have a friend who sincerely wants to volunteer her time. You know, sharing space for the dying, and she can't because maybe she has a record. From some fucking bullshit petty charge. Here's what here's what this fucking whoever government asshole white person thought. He's probably like, oh, you know what? Worst case scenario, she's gonna try and steal some morphine or some <laughs> from these hospice patients. She's out. We can't we can't let her in there. Oh no, it it wasn't it wasn't a drug charge. She, oh my gosh, so it wasn't it was even, a it was a low plea situation. Like she literally <gasps> was brought in no on way. a Friday night at a fish show or something like that, and they just took a ton of people oh my to God. jail. Like for and there was a lot of them and they all got these stupid bullshit pleas. Wow. And it wasn't a drug charge. It was just like okay, a little I something she something. Actually got like a drug charge. Cause I had a friend who no. got um, it had an association, I think, though, with drugs. Okay. Maybe it was just like misdemeanor possession or something like that. Like having a dime. I bag, had a friend who uh got a felony for having um like a sheet of acid. That's uh, too bad. At a concert. Yeah. You know, and again, back to expungement. I think that to have these substances, they're around, they're available. And frankly, going back to what I was saying earlier about class one, you know, situation is like these Mm -hmm. things, these plant medicines, these different substances have value, medicinal value, mental health, medicinal value. And there is clearly a mental health issue in this country. P.S. Yeah. PTSD. Every fucking veteran person we send overseas for, you know, comes back probably with PTSD. Yeah. And everyone has trauma. Yes. And everyone has. Exactly. That's the even more normalized thing. Everyone has trauma. Yeah. And you can't compare trauma either. No. And frankly, when people, I see that still, people are always, you know, well, well, I've had, I had a, a worse growing up situation than them. I just, I know it. So they can't, you know. Yeah. It's just like, damn, we need to just all come together and help each other well, with, with plant medicine. <laughs> well, and I think the other part of it too is like have a shared humanity experience, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like after my plant medicine experiences, I love people more. 
Yes. I feel way more tolerant. I have to more people I don't empathy. D- yeah, that I don't agree with. And I am more kind to myself. And, yes. you know, that, what's the problem with that? <laughs> yes, nothing. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's the other, and let's just get into the last piece of this, is that you don't see people that get addicted to acid, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't see that. Yeah. This is not something, you're not going into having this deep soul excavation, you know, every single day. Like, what comes out of these experiences is so rich, frankly. The integration yeah. of those experiences, especially if they're really deep and mm-hmm. impactful, take time. Yeah. This is not a, you know— I don't know. It's it's a it's a different ballgame, but I feel like you know the next four years, putting it all on plant medicine. Yes, <laughs> plant medicine wins the war on drugs. I feel like yeah, drugs won the war on drugs. <laughs> Somebody, uh, one of actually the person who is our chief creative officer, put that on our like feed we have like a text feed of like everyone in the management team <laughs> and she sent that and it's in like muppets and i love the muppets <laughs> and so i felt that the message really resonated me resonated with me more because nice. i'm like oh it's being communicated by the muppets i like this it's <laughs> <That's> great <laughs> that is so great do you Ugh. like the muppets i feel like i haven't seen the muppets in forever i have nothing against the muppets yeah What's the Christmas one? I feel like I might get down with that. Yeah. I despise Christmas music, but I'll do a Muppets Christmas. Muppets are just such like an old timey kind of thing to me. Yeah. I like to get high and watch Muppets. Have you ever seen? Yeah. I mean. What a confession. (laughs) Where can we we find the Muppets? Oh, I mean, on the Netflix, on the internet? On the Netflix? (laughs) I think so. I don't believe that. Oh, I think so. We I thought they were like a Christian. Oh no, it was a Sesame Street thing. Um, Sesame Street's on HBO now. What if they what? made Sesame Street for adults and they were just dropping f bombs and like making that funny jokes and like Dave Chappelle was the producer of the show. Oh, love Dave Chappelle. That's a, I just had fantasy actually. Dave Chappelle, please produce an adult. He's probably like, that is a dumb idea. You're high. That is also true, Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Well, we could just do our own, like, talk over version. Or maybe some sock puppets. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do this analog, people. What are we finding out about the Muppets? It's on Netflix. It is. Yeah, see, you could be doing this. Wow. Put this on your quarantine list. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I I guess. some weird movies. I watched all the Indiana Jones. Whoa. Yeah. How many are there? Three. Oh, I thought there was like five. Nah. There's a new one, but it's dumb. I only saw it once. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's not, you know, a Raiders of the Lost Ark. Sure. I'm sure. going back to Raiders. <laughs> Tomb Raider. <laughs> it's so optimistic. It is. Well, maybe we can try and get optimistic now. Yeah. That we're back to a democratic and hopefully non crazy. Uh, well, I think we got to get through this coronavirus thing. Um, well, this has been so great. I can't thank you enough. Uh, I had a good time, too. And now it's time for our stoner story of the day after this quick message. Do you want to know how I have been looking fly and staying the most high? Well, Stunning Glass just released an amazing collab with Cookies for their new 360-degree rotating gravity bong. It comes compatible with a hookah setup, flower bowl, and a G-Pen Connect vaporizer. Head over to stunningglass.com to get one for yourself. This story is coming to us from an anonymous submitter. Thank you very much for submitting. Here we go. It starts off with my not-so-dabulous experience. 
Okay. My high story is taking us back to my college days when I took my first dab. Oh, I love that. So there was this super hot guy in my psychology class whose face I was looking to sit upon. (laughs) Naturally, he was dumb as a post. So when he asked if I would help him study for an upcoming test, I was more than happy to help out. Fast forward to that night when as a study break, he suggested that we take some dabs. Of course I agreed, feeling way too confident. In typical hot, dumb guy fashion, we had to make a quick trip to the store in his Jeep, without the doors, obviously, (laughs) for a torch. He ran into the store. I stayed in the car and avoid making eye contact with other passengers. When he returned from the store, he informed me that he had just shoplifted the torch and we needed to make a speedy getaway. (laughs) This casual misdemeanor should have sent me running. But again, this guy was real hot and I didn't shave my legs for nothing. I love this. I love this person's attitude. (laughs) Anyways, we make it back to his place with the newly acquired torch and we're ready to roll. Having zero concept of how dabs worked, I confidently took a deep breath and made my attempt to take a respectable size hit. Immediately upon the dab hitting my lungs, all of my cool, flirty girl energy was gone and replaced with the most dramatic of asthma attacks. (laughs) The next 10 to 15 minutes consisted of me in the fetal position, hacking up a lung. Once I was able to speak, I asked him what the fuck happened. (laughs) It was at that point that he realized he forgot to put water in the dab rig. (laughs) Another significant red flag. Naturally, instead of taking my asthmatic ass home, I determined the best course of action would be for me to take another dab. (laughs) Let me tell you, it was a bold move. Even with water in the rig, my trachea and lungs were not up for the challenge. This time, as I entered my fit of coughing, I felt the sides of my throat start to close. In a panic, I started frantically hand-signaling to the hot boy to call an ambulance because I was obviously going to die. (laughs) Sadly, dumb hot guy had was zero help in my time of need. But fear not, I eventually figured out how to breathe and still managed to get dicked down by the night's end. <laughs> Moral of the story, put water in your dab rig and be careful when trying to get it in with hot, dumb people. Wow, that might be our best story yet. Big thank you to our anonymous submitter for our stoner story of the day. That was our best one yet. Please keep submitting these in. You don't have to put your name on it. Uh, We just really want to hear your funny educational high stories. And thank you to all my amazing listeners for tuning in. Your support means so much to me. Stay high.